filmmakers and photographers drinking coffee and talking shit. In this podcast, you'll hear insights and stories from four guys and maybe an occasional guest who have all come to the craft of visual media from very different starting points. I'm your host, Matt Rickman. And I'm Ron Burgundy. Just kidding, I'm Sean Letty. Chris Bell. Randy Fitzenmeyer. In this episode, we're going to talk about stories we probably shouldn't be telling people. We'll drink a little coffee and talk a little shit. So, all right, guys, this is like this is like church confessional here. No one's here. You can confess all your filmmaking and photography sins. All right, Matt, take and, us to church. All right. <laughs> Are we going to learn something here, or is this just like embarrassing ourselves? This is just, yes. Just straight up ridicule. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Embarrassment. Absolutely. Absolutely. Vulnerability. Yeah, and I think the contest is who can who can who can give the best story that we shouldn't be telling, and then at the end maybe we'll and all, what you we'll learn from vote. it, and, and what you learn from it. Yeah, absolutely. So I'll start with one uh, really light one story I probably shouldn't be telling anyone, although I've probably told this. So everyone, you know, all of our regular listens, listeners to the podcast, um, <laughs> and everybody in this room know that I used to work for Chris, um, and one time we had a shoot at Randy's studio. Um, for for uh, HP, I think, um, and I showed up to that shoot just completely hungover. Like I was worthless that day. Chris <laughs> still paid me. He's a very generous man. I didn't notice, notice any difference. <laughs> <laughs> but that's that's one of my stories. I probably should making the usual was. mistakes. <laughs> he was actually really uh, performing well that day. I was like, "On dude, what are you doing? You need yeah, to do more of that. secret sauce." Exactly. But yeah, sauce. so that's one of my stories. I probably shouldn't tell uh, people is about how I showed up for a professional gig and was just absolutely hung. I mean, like that. Like, oh, please stop moving because I'm going to say I've been there and, yeah and I was traveling on that and we were doing an interview with a very very major CEO of a ginormous company I just think I probably shouldn't say which one but yeah he was probably we were in Chicago too. but yeah that was uh, <laughs> that was a rough one especially taking the elevator up that <laughs> please <laughs> yeah, I just like to shoot while I'm blazing drunk. That's yeah. that's my, you don't wait for the hangover. Yeah. It's like, what the hell? Well, who would do that? Have fun, right? <laughs> that's what I say. Yeah. All right, Sean. What's your story, man? Um, Remember, we're voting. We're, oh this is the contest. God. Who um, got the worst or the best? Oh, I, you know, I mean, we all got bad clients. We all got you know projects that there's something going on but I don't know I mean I think my most recent one that I can probably recall that is just like you know this is not my MO and it's not very exciting either but I think uh, at a recent uh, conference that I shot um, where I just basically jacked everything up and you know I we had scheduled sessions and I it was like 15, 20 minutes past the start time of the session before I was like, oh my God, I got to get in there and start rolling the camera. Uh, camera, kick the power uh, plug on the camera and <laughs> shut it off right in the middle of the session. Um, had issues with exposure in one room. It was just so dark and in the middle of recording this session, I'm trying to fix it. So, of course, the gain's going way to 12 and then all the way down to zero and, and you can't really fix that <laughs> like, there's not enough key frames in the world yeah, no, yeah. You, you can't fix that in post you just can't what's gain um, what's that yeah right yeah, so like uh, gain of thrones my friend um so like i uh yeah i mean 
not my proudest moment. Um, and and the thing is, is that you know you de- I delivered everything I could. I I hid the mistakes in the cut, and I tried to use editing magic to make it seem like I didn't miss twenty minutes at the beginning of the session. Um, and it all worked out. But boy, was I it just that's not in a good a, mood when I came back. That's the mark back. of a true professional. Yeah. yeah. Well, and to add well, insult to injury, you were out of town on your birthday. That was, was your birthday. That was my birthday. And, and I mean, it was, you know, looking, I was, I was bitter at the time because, yeah, I didn't want to be out of town on my birthday. And, you know, it was, I was alone there doing all the work and, you know, it was kind of, a, kind of a last minute addition to the, you know, to the, to travel schedule and stuff. And I mean, you know, looking back on it now though, I got to see a friend that I haven't seen in 12, 13 years, uh, and hung, hang out with them on my birthday in LA. Um, and it was a really good exercise in like, not in controlling what I told the client. Right. So I never like, especially on site, right. Because it's like, they want to have the most confidence in you possible. So I'm not going to breathe a word that everything is falling falling to hell right now like I, yeah. I could be recording an interview with no card and no battery and know that there's no card and battery just let the dude talk smile you because well, I mean what are you going to do right so I, I didn't mention anything on site and when it came down to like delivering I glossed over it. I was just like oh it's a quick hiccup about like one second so uh, just try to do our best to cover that right up and give that to you mm-hmm. and yeah I mean it worked out they didn't complain it was funny though because um, god what was it it was like uh we hit a cut using something. I, I forgot how we did it, but we hit a cut somehow, and I was like, yeah, yeah, this is gonna work great, with the slides, that's what it was. Yeah. So we, were, we got the slide deck from the person, we had audio, so I hid this cut where we lost the camera or whatever under a slide, and, and then the, the, the client didn't say anything about the missing content that they, because if they had recorded it themselves on their little pocket recorder, they would have been like, Hey, wait, where's that whole like section there? Missing. Yeah, like, we <laughs> yeah. talked about that whole thing, but luckily they didn't do that. We recorded it for them, and they didn't remember what they said. Um, but much to my chagrin, they were like, can we get a copy of this without the slides? And I was like, what do I do? And Morph cut, sorry, Adobe, just doesn't cut the mustard in no. so many cases. Can I hear an amen? amen? Yeah, you, you look, and you're like, oh, all it, she does is lean left just slightly. Yeah, that yeah. Morph cut's going to be brilliant, right? All she does is just lean left. So if they can't figure out, like, 10 frames oh, just lean or left in a natural Does way. Does Morph Cut ever work for you? Yeah. That's well, never once. worked for me. <laughs> Pretty <laughs> much <laughs> once. I have literally one finished edit where Morph Cut is like in plain sight and you don't notice it. Yeah. And I I, I always so, give it a shot. I always like do the Hail Mary pass, you know? Yeah. I'm always like, okay, Morph Cut. Uh, 25 minutes later and I'm like... Page peel, buddy. Fudge. Page peel. Oh, the page, yeah, page right. Yeah. yeah, let's Ooh, bring that. I, back. I really liked the the cube flip you guys did there. <laughs> let's bring I can it do that a couple, couple more times. Like, yeah, my pleasure. So yeah, bad, you are an 80s bad shoot. Don't tell through. your client. I love page peel. Hide, hide your mistakes in the edit if you can, and uh, you know, yeah, it all works out. It's annoying. Want to say something and went not to, and that's a lifetime worth of experience. And oh my god, you, you still. Yeah, prevail. That, that, that is difficult, though, when, you know, you, you have some problem like that. And so, you know, judging whether you share that with your client or not. Mm-hmm. And tough it's one. a tough one. There's no right or wrong answer. I mean, I've shared it with clients and it's been totally cool. I've shared it with clients and they've flipped out. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, I understand, you know, you. 
Yeah, and, and if it's one of those things that you can't redo, you know what I mean? Like a yeah. conference, you can't go back and ask that person to come on site again and redo their thing. In like, front of their audience. In front of that audience. You yeah. know, that's what makes those things so undesirable for me. And, you know, Matt and I were talking about weddings even. You know, it's like when you only get one shot to film something, count, count me out. Like the pressure's too much. It drives me nuts. What do you do when you show up and the guy's supposed to be on stage and he's a walker? And he covers the whole room. <laughs> right. Loosen, loosen my tripod head. Yeah, <laughs> just, exactly. just let just it go. You know? I don't know. You pull out. <laughs> pull out. That's right. That's, the That's when you're supposed to pull out, Randy. <laughs> yeah. yeah, no, I have, up, a, I have a failure that, that dovetails right on that. And, and this may or may not have happened in the last eight weeks, but um, <laughs> um, had, had, you know, I was recording this, this interview and all of a sudden my camera won't record. What the hell? Hit record. It starts for a second and then it stops. And again, had a brand new camera that you know, of course, didn't read the manual. Yeah, the it's new Nikon. Nikon. And I'm like, shit, what am I doing wrong? What what the hell's going on here? Technology's great when it works. And I and I finally I know right. And I finally occurred to me, fuck, I filled the card up. I wasn't paying attention. I wasn't paying attention. Um, because how often long? do you fill a card up anymore? Were you shooting ten bit log all the time? Uh, I don't think yeah, so. Pretty much. Because, like, uh, literally, I remember yeah, doing, like, a, a, you're a test. You're 4K, right? Yeah, Big but files. still. I mean, still. But those files are as and, 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 Matt, there's oftentimes there's something, some kind of feedback in the, the monitor that says, card is full. I know. That's, that, 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 that's the thing that's weird. Yeah. So, anyhow, I'm sitting there. But same thing. I, like, I knew I was out. I knew that we were far enough away from our where we had all of our gear to get another card. Normally, I would have another card, um, yeah. and you know, normally I've got an SD card within you know five feet of me at any sure. given time in yeah. my life. But this, you know, the Nikon uses the new XQD cards, and I only had one thing because they're kind of expensive and blah blah blah. Didn't have one with me, and um, but you know what you do? You just sit there and you act. <laughs> Randy's holding the light, standing behind me. And you just sit there and you act as if everything's fine and you just keep rolling. You didn't well, do that. Because <laughs> no, I totally did not. And what yeah, I did they're not really, gonna know. And you they knew you weren't know. recording. <laughs> Way to go, Randy. They didn't say anything. Yeah, no, and so then, you know, we, we wrapped. And, and I kind of knew what we were recording we didn't absolutely need. It, I knew it wasn't critical. Was if I would have known it was critical, I would have said, hey, time out. We need to change cards real quick. Right. Randy or I would have run up. I mean, it would have been a five-minute, ten-minute yeah. thing, and, and we would have been fine. But I knew at this point we were already, we'd been rolling for so long. But still, it's like total failure that I wasn't anticipating it and going like, hey, if we're going to keep going, we need to go get another card. Let's take a ten-minute break kind of thing. Yeah. So that was the total, total screw-up. When we were done, I turned back to Randy, and I'm like, 10 minutes of it. <laughs> <laughs> you know so oh i've got a story along those lines too but only when it's my turn yeah. it's your turn it's my turn hey. right. well What's actually that? i got a few quick stories here that i think um i have a story that didn't involve me but involved uh, one of my employees <laughs> so i pull into the office and i'm heading up into to our office on the third floor and uh my employee uh comes out of my neighbor's office ryan who's down below and he's supposed to be at a shoot. And I'm like going, what are you doing here? Oh, and he was he had the camera with him and everything, and he just looked just, he was on drugs or something. I was like, are you all right? He's like, going, yeah, yeah, I'm, I'm fine. And ran out the door. I got to get going to the shoot. I'm late. And I'm like, yeah, man, what? We got to talk. And he's... <laughs> so 
wouldn't talk to me that day. A few days go by, and then he says, I can't, man, I, I got to tell you this, just because Ryan's probably going to tell you or something when we go get beers or something like that. So what he did was he loaded up his vehicle, went to the chute, got to the chute, went to grab the camera. The camera wasn't there. And he's like, going, what the fuck? Where's the, where's the camera? So he, he drops everything, and, he's, and then he remembers. He goes, oh, my God, I left it in the parking lot. Oh, God. <laughs> So he, he rip roars back to the office, and Ryan, my neighbors, saw the bag and grabbed. Didn't know it was ours, but they're like, "Whoa!" You know, it's like this is expensive heavy, shit. Yeah. You know, yeah. lenses. You know, nice Canon C100 Mark II in there, uh, all the stuff. And so, yeah, he had just ran back, in a, you know, to the office to grab the camera to go do the damn shoot. So, story number one. Fortunately, that wasn't. Didn't involve me, other than freaking out, going, ah, oh, what are you doing? Uh, now I got a, uh, you talk about the re record thing. I was on a shoot a few years ago, and um, at, the, near, at the end of the take, it's like, you know, we, you know, the person said, it shared this just really moving, gripping tale, and then it was like going, and that's, that's all I got to say about it, you know? And I went up to stop record and started recording. <laughs> and so, so I, and the client, my clients are going, that was, oh my God, that was phenomenal. I, that's just, and everybody was in tears. I was crying. <laughs> for a different reason. And now, for two reasons. It, history was in the making. And so I go, and so I said, whoa, 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 wait a minute here. Let me, uh, let me, let me check some there. Oh, Oh gosh, I am so sorry. There was like a problem with the recording on that clip. It got corrupted, you know. It's <laughs> <laughs> not your fault, Chris. And they're like going, "No, no, no!" I go, "God, I'm so sorry. That rarely ever happens, you know." But it is technology, and it can happen. And it can happen. It and does. so we did it again, and the second take was, you know, no energy in it. It was just, oh, you know, she was spent, God. and it was done with. But it was. Um, so that's my embarrassing story. Oh, that's a hard one, especially. Especially when the take was so good to start. Yes. You know, it's yeah. not like it was just somebody riffing. Well, when you're, you know, when take. I was sitting there and as, as this person was telling us this personal story, I was just going, God, this is so good. This is <laughs> <laughs> this is I wish I had a camera to record this. <laughs> this is more great in the edit. If but only you I can imagine the rush when you go up to hit the stop <laughs> button oh, and God. you're like, oh, yeah. blood just <laughs> that's, that's yeah, the, and it's, that's the red dive. dot is just staring dive. you in the face. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, that's <laughs> you fucked so. up. <laughs> you <laughs> up. Oh, that's brilliant. Tough one. Oh man! I don't do that anymore. <clears throat> Hopefully. <laughs> well, when I recently when I was recording that uh, that little short for the photographer, I had one camera on the slider, one on the tripod, and of course, I'm standing by the sticks because I she's talking to me, and I'm trying to get that eye line, you know, right off camera. Yeah. And there was a point when I like looked over at the slider, and I realized like the camera wasn't recording, and I thought to myself, Oh my god, I wonder how long that had been going on. And in post, it really didn't seem like there were too many gaps, but. It was like that panic moment, you yeah, know, really right. like, oh, well, I didn't Did I get anything? And it's hard, right? I mean, you're you're focused on the person. You're trying to you're trying to keep connected with them because they're answering your question. There's and, nothing wrong with the old school and just know. having one camera, one shot. Right. right. But I mean, you know, it's not the it's, end of the world. that just goes to show, you know, even even work that could be done by one person. Man, there's so many things you're focused on. Yeah, when you're doing oh. audio, lighting, cameras, directing. Yep. You know, trying to get this person to keep your eye and you're looking to see if they're looking off camera because you're like, yeah. Here, here's a work. question for the 
senior person in the room will say, don't you think video production is a team sport? Oh, hell no, yeah. No it's way more what. fun as a team. And, and as you get older, you want to be on that team even more and more. I mean, because I, I, for many years, I used to go out and do shoots by myself all the time. I, I, I enjoyed it. It's like, why tie up another person when they can be at the office and be productive? I don't do that anymore. Mm. Rarely do I do it. Huh. And, and do you think the biggest reason is just the the work is better with multiple people, or because it's more so eyes? Many things I think it's to multiple reasons. At, right? There's so many things. Yeah, so many. Things. Yeah, carrying gear, creative, you know, yeah. input from each other. Yeah. you get more excited. Your you know your Audio. energy gets kicked up when you're when you have somebody to yep encounter with you and yeah and then just a little thing of like somebody just noticed like they look at the camera to see how the shots look and you're looking at the actor and they realize it's not recording and they give you that nudge you know you're like <laughs> yeah. you know the, like, the, yeah. the nod the nod that you give each we other don't need like, that. yeah no <laughs> yeah absolutely all right randy you've had to have at least some kind of good story countless stories countless. but i would say the most recent one wasn't too long ago. It was just one of those days. It was, <laughs> we'll just say it's one of those days. And I got a brand new speed ring for a new lighting system that we got, you know, for a speed ring for a softbox. And what's the old saying? Never assume, if you break <laughs> that word down. <laughs> yeah. Well, I assumed that uh, the size of the holes in the speed ring for the so most softboxes would be a universal thing. Well, kind of, but not so much yeah. this day because it wouldn't it wouldn't fit so i had to make do and use the soft softbox material just the material on the front of a softbox and rip it off because it was the velcro kind and yeah kind of separate it a little distant from the light and hang it over to soften it up a little bit and then to pour a little salt in the wound um somebody had and I don't know if it was me or somebody else that was with us forgot the, uh, the tripod plate. <sighs> but we did have gaffer's tape, and I did <laughs> gaffer tape the camera to the tripod for an interview, wow. and it worked. Wow. So always that's take a, gaffer that's tape. That's some guts, yeah. man, because yeah. I'd be afraid it would fall off. Yeah, so it's better so, than hand holding so it for is, an this, hour. This is good because there's a, a long-standing debate with Chris and everybody else in the world about oh. where you store tripod plates. Now, can we yes. put a, can we make a poll on Facebook? Can I we do a we poll can. and have people vote? I think we can. I we should be able to create a poll. Well, I mean, my mom usually always stays on the camera, but for oh, whatever reason, what? it had gotten taken off to be put onto something else and so, never got so put I'm back a, on. I'm a, so I'm always. a tripod plates belong with the tripod kind of person. I'm the I'm with the camera. Tripod plates go with the camera, right? But you switch no, cameras, right? No, that's not. I mean, it's like what? Uh, maybe when I want to make your job difficult when you work for me. <laughs> uh, no, we agree on a common interface for all cameras, so we can just grab, pull one camera off, put it on another. It's like we're whatever plate is on the bottom of the camera. Is that what you're referring to? Mm -hmm. It stays with the camera because it will work on all our tripods. Uh, okay. It's only when we go with you to some, you know. Here, here. God forsaken place. Well, you don't place. have to come with us anymore if you don't want to. I mean, and we love coming, of course. Uh, that we, or you, you know, could just hook us up with some tripods. And, uh, <laughs> we, we get mixed up with the plates. Yeah. Yeah. But, uh, yeah well, so I guess that makes sense, right? I mean, you're using one. your own gear. You're in your own shop. And you've yeah. said, we have three tripods and six cameras. And I bought three extra plates. Every camera gets a, a plate. Well, it stays including on our camera. Then including the slider and right. other things, yeah. too. You know, it all that's, yeah, but it's when you... 
mix it up in conjunction with other people and other gear, mm -hmm. and that's when you have to take it off the yeah. camera. And then yeah, I guess that, that would make sense if everything was the same. Yeah. The well, if you're in a situation right. where you have right. only two tripods and like three or four cameras, yes. you know what I mean? And you're like, okay, I'm going to be switching the cameras on the tripods more than I'm going to be switching the... Or, you know, or whatever. Yeah, because you know. we have like eight or nine tripods. Not all of them use the same mount, and then we have a dozen cameras. Right. So to try to make that work for us would be would be really challenging. But I will say though, um, labeling gear, man. Like even, I mean, you were out there at Expo at West, and yeah. I mean, like we tried our very very hardest to be hyper organized. Yeah. I mean, like. Have you ever seen our own cubbies and charging stations with our own plugs? <laughs> I, I spent a lot of time on that room that for us. That was very nice. Well, Thank you. I, I, it did help. But even still, even with that amount of organization and prep and, and you know, labeling things and like we had a charging table and we had a prep, a staging table and everything had their own thing. And I was very proud of that. But even then, because like, you know, Charlie and us have like similar mm. Sonys and chargers right. and stuff. Right. Because like his have have Phoenix on them so somewhere so that you know, um, but man like, if I ever have my own closet full of gear, who knows when that may ever happen? I don't know, but I'm I'm gonna label my shit because yeah. I want to know when I look at that battery. Oh, there's a, there should be a little big pink sticker on the bottom. Okay, yeah, that's mine. Yeah, it'll never get mixed up again. You know, yeah. unless somebody else is using pink stickers. Oh shit, that's right. You you chose pink. I chose pink stickers. I, go, I can go chartreuse. Own, <laughs> pop off for your own stickers with your own logo on it. There you go. Yeah. Yeah. But see, I, I think that kind of stuff's key because, yeah, gear's expensive and you don't want to lose it. And, um, God, we have so many plugs and batteries and chargers and plates and screws. And, yeah. I mean, God, you get overwhelming real fast if you don't keep track of it. Yeah. And keep it well organized. Yeah. So my, my last story I probably shouldn't be telling people, and I think I might have told this on the podcast before, but it, it's going to become a podcast favorite among our audience, mm -hmm. is the time that, again, I was, I was, <laughs> that I was uh, um, on a client shoot and flying the drone, and I was, I was downtown Boulder, Colorado, right across the street from a park with a lot of big old oak trees, and um, trying to get a shot of our client walking into this, this building. I had this really elaborate shot in, envisioned and I really wanted to get it and didn't have a lot of space to work with. And so I was backing my drone up, getting it far, as far back as I could. And at the same time, I'm talking to the client. Ooh. And, and I'm he's like, like, cool drone, man. And I'm like, yeah, you know, these things it are so cool. cool. Like, <laughs> you basically can't crash them. <laughs> and within yeah. 90 seconds of saying that, I get the drone backed up into a tree. <laughs> it gets all caught up and just falls and just cracks into a billion pieces. Like yeah. literally right after I had told the client. The look on his face was like, oh my God. Like almost like it was his fault because he was like talking to Matt about it. Like, right, yeah. Oh so two things. One, don't ever talk about your drone not crashing because you will crash them. Yes. Chris, Chris did the same thing. And always have a spare. And always have a spare drone. And and also like, you know, when you're operating the drone, don't talk to people. I, I'm not blaming the talking to him on that um, as, as the reason I crashed it. I, I knew I was getting close to the tree. Yeah. Um, and uh, some wind came up and pushed it into the tree. And the Mavic, unfortunately doesn't have rear sensors like the Ooh, phantom yeah the phantom would have been going beep, 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 and it wouldn't would even have, have let you got as, as close as stopped. i got to the tree right but the mavic doesn't have the rear sensors so yeah. and i kind of thought oh man i'm protected it's got sensors all around it yeah it doesn't in the <laughs> rear 
So that's, that's a tough way to find out about that. My, yeah, that's mine. But, you know, fortunately it crashed and you send it off and you get it fixed and whatever. So they were able to fix it and everything and you're mm -hmm. flying it again? Mm -hmm. I've even still got the, the battery that, that crashed with was, it. That crashed with it because the battery has all these like yellow paint marks. It must have hit like a paint stripe in the it concrete. And it still works. Yeah, it yeah. doesn't, it kind of fits in there weird, but I still fly with it. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, so that's my, that's my classic. Drones basically fly themselves until you crash it, literally right in front of the client. He gave me a hard time about that. We had another shoot with him months later, and he's like, oh, I tell all these people that story. <laughs> and do you pull up your drone again? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, so no. you do want to use the drone again? Or you <laughs> so, okay, so drone, no drone? <laughs> yeah. I have yeah. one. All right, anybody else got anything? Oh, man, I don't know. Stories you shouldn't tell? So. Yeah? Okay. Well, I think that's a pretty good mix. I mean, I think the moral of the story is like, you know, we're, you know, we're human. Right. Shit it's happens. It, happen, it's, it's how you handle the shit that happens that, you right. know, that says everything. So, uh, what's some cool shit you guys have seen? So, we're talking about used stuff? Is that... Not uh, yet. Not yet. No, cool shit. Just cool stuff. Just cool shit. Uh, uh, all right, I'm going to steal your thunder. Yeah, I'm... Uh, kind of building out a uh, <coughs> shoulder, <coughs> excuse me, shoulder unit for the new camera C200 and uh, smallrig.com. Yeah. They have a lot of what looks like very nicely professionally machined uh, bits and pieces. Yeah, grip, for, kind of grip for pennies on the dollar compared to everybody else. Yeah, mm -hmm. and yeah. a much tracked price because it's about ready to pull the trigger on a Zacuto uh, plate that uh, was used and it's still, those things are still like 500 bucks or something. They're insanely wow. expensive. Um, but uh, so small rig, go check it out, smallrig.com. They've got, they got what you need. Yeah, I recently built out a, um, a mount to hold um, our Ninja 5 mm -hmm. on the Ronin. So Ooh. that we could, you know, we could so use it as a monitor it. and yeah. that you could record and, you know, because with the new Nikon, you can get, yeah. you know, in-log recording exactly. about to be. Oh, did he? Yeah, that's what he was using on the on the Ronin for oh. the video. Yeah, right. and, and my yeah. only complaint about Small Rig was, like, I had to do, I had to find someone else who had, who had built kind of the bits and pieces to make this happen. So you could buy all the components, but you, they, you, but they, it wasn't just like the, here's the what re, you need research, to do, yeah, yeah. you know, because it was like buy this piece, buy that piece, buy this piece, and I was yeah. like, okay, so I ordered it all, and then I had to kind of figure it out, and yeah, that's that's where like I think Small Rig would be really cool if they could expand on that. And Zakudo's good at that. I mean, they have yeah. to be because yeah. they ask so much for their products. I mean, their products yeah. are very high quality, but they're incredibly expensive. Yeah. Yeah, I was. The, I love the smaller. Display. Yeah, I was pretty impressed with that little. Once I figured out how to actually mount it. <laughs> yeah. I mean, and I've only ever seen things like I didn't actually realize you could mount it from the top like that. Um, I always ever saw the rig on the bottom, so that's what I kept trying to do, and I was like, it doesn't seem to fit, you know. And then you clued me into that, but yeah. I actually thought it it was a pretty nice little system. It is. I mean, it compared is to not, like not you know, Kudo or a wooden not camera heavy, or mm -hmm. yeah, bright tangerine. I mean, just all these different amazing quality stuff but it's three four times the price yeah so you're building a shoulder rig yeah with it okay yeah because the c200 with the sin lens on it it's uh, it's a little bit unwieldy you know it's for handheld or i mean it definitely will pop it onto a tripod but you know the thing is when you get into shoulder rigs you got to find one that uh has a good way to mount to a tripod because you you want to take it off your shoulder and put it on the tripod, grab whatever shots you want on the tripod, and then pop back. it off mm -hmm. and back and forth like beta that. Cam style. <laughs> yep. Yeah. Beta uh, cam. Yeah. You remember that? No, but you get that for the shoulder rigs and put that in your tripod. 
Yeah, yeah we'll right. Just clip right. So what we did on the Black Magic. Yeah, right. Looks good. So yeah, so it's uh, you know, you, it, and there's not a lot of manufacturers that are that other than small rig. Maybe there's well, I looked at a whole bunch, but it's like small rig has got a really good platform. Your kind of traditional uh, Sony V-Lock, so it puts it onto a plate. Yeah, that's what I was. Yeah. Right. So you can pop it yeah. on and off, and it works great. Yeah. And we had a, one of those old Sony plates from the Vidicam days, and it worked great. Yeah. yeah. Big, the lever. Yeah. yeah. So. Super cool. Yeah. Cool. cool. Smallrig.com. Check it out. Yeah, nice. Bang for the buck. My cool shit that I've seen, um, so I recently got, well, it's not actually here yet. They, my brilliant company ordered me the wrong fucking computer. But um, new MacBook Pro, you know, the i9 maxed out, the video card, all that crap. Um, and my thing is when I, when I travel and I'm starting to do a lot more of that and I need to edit on the road, I like having that second monitor. Um, mm -hmm. But that's kind of hard to travel with, you know, an extra <laughs> monitor. Um, so I found this thing called Luna Display, and it'll basically turn my iPad Pro into a second monitor. That's sweet. And it's wireless, mm -hmm. but it, it's actually a little hardware dongle. And it wasn't cheap. It was like about 90 bucks for this little this mm -hmm. little hardware dongle that plugs into the Mac. And what it does is somehow it, it reduces the latency that you so would get with So there is no wireless. latency? There's some. I mean, it's still not perfect. Mm -hmm. um, but it, everything I read, it, it's like pretty damn good um, and then what kind of sealed it for me is I found a video on YouTube of a guy showing his editing workflow use, like using it mm -hmm. and he was actually he was using Final Cut but able to use Final Cut so I'll probably keep my bins and some of that kind of stuff in the iPad monitor because the refresh rate isn't as critical right. yeah. and then the you know the editing interface on the on the but MacBook Pro be huge. But, <laughs> but fantastic setup you know wow. I'm even thinking that here in my office that I'll just I'll get rid of the monitors on my desk and just that will be my that will be what I I use for things so so uh, you're, you're, giving, you're gonna lose your big real estate mm -hmm. your large monitors to go with smaller ones mm -hmm. well, when you're in a hotel room yeah, yeah. but he said no. here at the office but even here at oh. the office oh, really? I, just, I just hate yeah. I hate stuff on my desk <laughs> <laughs> Minimalist. Don't, don't come to my office <laughs> yeah I, yeah so I try to get rid of as many things I don't even have my phone on my desk I have it hidden underneath behind my desk and then my my desk phone is routed to my my iPhone because hmm. I just I don't like shit on my desk so yeah, that's just yeah. the extension of that. Well, I, uh, you know, I'm in the generation of a gimbal. You know, everyone has a gimbal and a stabilizer now. Um, recently, one of my clients who's a, a photographer. When I went and did um, a shoot for her, she she said, you know, I have this thing. I don't really know what it is. Do you want it? And I'm like, well, what is it? And so she comes downstairs <laughs> and she opens up this case, and inside is a Lang. Uh, P for uh, sta stabilizing uh, rig, it's basically comparable to Glidecam, right? Everyone, or if you're a filmmaker, you know you probably have heard of Glidecam before, but it's a non-motorized, non-battery-powered stabilizing unit that has a gim, uh, you know, a, a, a gimbal, a physical gimbal in it. And once you get that thing balanced, man, um, I've been playing with it at home, trying to practice with it and stuff. It is less forgiving than a than an actual motorized gimbal, right? Mm -hmm. That one, I think anybody you could kind of hand it to them, and you know, with a little bit of fun, they can make some really great cinematic stuff. This one would take a lot more practice. It's a it's a much more like physical. Um, you're one with the unit. You mm -hmm. are. It, it's it's half machine, half man, right? <laughs> so that's what I think of it as. Um, 
and it's just cool. I mean, this is not a new piece of technology. Can you been even around. buy it still? Can oh, you, totally. Can you yeah, yeah, yeah. They're 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 coming out with um, you know new models where the gimbal itself is uh, adjustable as far mm-hmm. as how high and um, you know new ways to adjust the plate you know side to side and get it balanced up top like micro mm-hmm. adjustments. Actually, remember what you were talking about with the um, the mm-hmm. Ronin where it has a track you could just. Uh-huh. micro that's what these are very like the new yeah. um, glide cam glide cam is a brand it's like saying i need a kleenex when you really mean tissue right yeah. glide cams just i think become synonymous with that type of stabilizer the one i have is a lang but like the glide cam model the equivalent would be like maybe 800 900 like the price of, an, of a motorized you know like an s1 or something um whereas like this model that this girl gave me basically because she doesn't use it she bought it for stuff and then said i'm never going to use this thing um, I will use it, and this model is like three hundred bucks. Hmm. So I've got another one you could try out. You're more than welcome to. It's you have one, Blackbird. I've never used it. Uh, I'm trying to think. I've been watching videos on on dudes, and actually, I watched the training tutorials from this guy. Um, he actually made them for GlideCam, and he talks about the right way to hold it, how to balance it, um, like the simplest things that I never would have thought of. Like if I was going to do a side to side tracking kind of slider shot, I would have held it in front of me and I would have walked sideways. And the very simple solution to that is to turn your body so the camera's mm-hmm. facing sideways and you walk forward. Right. It's so much easier for you to walk steady when you're walking forward as opposed to sideways. Yeah, yeah. and I just was like, oh man, of course, you know. Yeah. Um, <laughs> All these young filmmakers on YouTube videos are saying, "No, well, you got to do the, you know, the, the the bend your knees and and you know do the ninja walk and stuff." And this guy's like, "Do not bend your knees, because you like your back is going to be killing you. You're going to be, you know, you can't sustain that. Your body should be straight. Keep the you know the the unit close, close to, to you, and you know you move it. Like don't don't try and like because basically, I mean, it's going to be stable. You can walk. I mean, the thing I was very impressed with." With gimbals, you can run and you'll see movement. Mm-hmm. Was this thing really? I mean, you don't see the movement when you run because it weighs eight hundred pounds. <laughs> it, it, it's a little heavy, but it's actually not as bad. How as much you does think. it weigh? It's not as bad as you think. I mean, it's not. The, <laughs> yeah, the S one is comparable. You're yeah. holding it differently. That's I think where where Pete where the trade off is is like with a gimbal, you can hold that sucker both hands, all the weights on your shoulders, arms, you know, elbows or whatever. With this thing, you're holding it with one hand. But he doesn't you know have your I mean? new so camera your wrist, rig on it. Your wrist and what? He doesn't have your new camera rig on it. No, I do not. No, 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 no. no, 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 no. no. I'll, be, I'll be using There's a, a little very bit small, mirrorless <laughs> anything right. on there. But, the, I mean, the thing is, is you could mount a giant camera to that thing, and then once you adjust the weight, yeah. it's going to be heavy. Well, but, that's why they make but, vests and right. isolastic well, arms. Yeah, yeah, and those look really cool. But the, the one I noticed is, like, I used to see those things with the vests and all the springs in them, and, you know, and they could basically, the camera just kind of floats there and whatever. Mm. And I'm looking at those. I'm like, God, that looks like a crazy rig. Well, then I realized, as I once I learned about these glide cams, is like a lot of those people are using a normal glide cam, no motors, nothing, on one of those assistant rigs. So it's like the stabilizing thing is not from those springs or from that's just to help you with the weight. Mm -hmm. Well, and also it takes your steps out. And takes the steps. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So I mean, like, there's, you know, I I was just it's cool because I like. Being able to—it's almost like you know the difference between a, a hand grinder for coffee mm-hmm. and you know buying the you know top of the line. It'll grind any size, whatever. Uh-huh. There's something about the physical nature of being able to like do like you made that movement happen. You know what I mean? It wasn't mm-hmm. like you used a joystick and it did it for you. That was you turning that camera. That was something being one with that shot. 
yeah. more so being connected to the thing more so than a gimbal. Well, I think a talented Steadicam operator will always make a better shot than any type of a gimbal will. For That's a fair part. argument. Oh. They are they are for different things too. You, I wouldn't want to be using a glide cam like overhead shots for people because you can't balance the gimbal that way. Like there'd yeah. be no way to keep it center balanced up there with a with a drone or a, a you know a three axis you know gimbal. Nowadays yeah. you can hold that thing up. You can do all sorts of stuff and it's you're good. Um, but you know, imagine you're going to shoot in some really you know. Bad conditions. No batteries. Yeah. No batteries. You're going to be shooting for days at a time in the middle of nowhere. Yeah. Um, you know, glide cam kind of rigs could be really cool. So I'm I'm excited to get to use it. No, that was long winded and we got on it, but I'm excited to get to use it. <laughs> yeah. Try it Bring out. it in sometime. I I'd will. Yeah. See, yeah. yeah I'd love it's to fun. see it. Yeah. Play that's with cool. It. I'd like yeah. to check it out too. Absolutely. For sure. Randy, you got any uh, got any cool shit? Um, I might have spoken about it on a different episode, but um, that was just you know, uh, on a wish list and reading about it, but we actually just bought some new lights and they're called by a company by the name of Hive and uh, super cool new LED lights. Um, great skin tones, powerful, you know, efficient. And uh, there's an app for that. You can run it yeah. off your phone. You can set up the light, run them from the camera. You can do special effects like it'll mimic a television or a police car or a, about a, fire a fire fire fireplace. Yeah. You bet. Yeah. Cool. Yeah, super, cool. super, super cool. Nice. So that's so it's got some like built-in special effects yep. for like off-camera. Mm-hmm. That's pretty cool. You bet. So special effects to become like some type of a practical light. Right. Yeah. Um, you know, it even has like the disco club that'll like give you a seizure you know? <laughs> that's nice. awesome yeah. yeah that's something that you don't see in a lot you know, of various like color temperatures all over the map you know super super cool and it's neat and it's easier to run off the app on your phone than it is on the back of the light mm-hmm. absolutely and really small super yeah cool nice but they're not cheap what about yeah. a softbox or something for yeah it uses pro photo uh accessories so you anything on the planet pretty much mm-hmm. in any rental house but the thing you got to do you got to make sure that that mounting speed ring, that the holes are in the right place. Exactly. Yeah. That's, <laughs> that's the first thing I always check. That's, I always check that. Yeah. I would never, never, never make that mistake. I know, I know. It's, or, or you could just, just buy a speed ring from the softbox yeah, don't be a manufacturer. Cheap ass. Exactly. Don't be a cheap ass. You know, so you try to save 100 bucks and it bites you in the ass. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. Are you able to return it? No, I just, I own a drill and a vice. I own a drill. Yeah. <laughs> cool. Let's talk coffee. Sean, what's what's the latest in, in coffee culture? Yeah, man, you know, I don't know. Let's, what do you uh, what do you think the most popular drink at a coffee at a at a at a proper coffee shop is? At a proper coffee shop, you're probably looking at a latte or the latte. or a cappuccino. I mean, those are those are pretty. You know, I mean, you got your you got your four basics, right? Your latte, cappuccino, your macchiato, and like a cortado mm-hmm. or a flat white. You know, mm-hmm. in that realm. Um, and that's like at the specialty stuff. And actually at a lot of high end coffee shops, you'll only see like six drinks Yep. Mm-hmm. pour over with milk and <laughs> without, you know, like, I mean, yeah. that's kind of what they do. And maybe tea, uh, I think if you go broader than that, you know, it's mochas and sugary flavored drinks and that's what everyone likes, you know? Um, yeah, I don't know, man. I think, uh, I think subscription based coffee is cool. It's hard, man. It's a really hard thing. And it kind of bleeds into the topics we've been talking about with film. You know, it's like once it becomes a commodity, you know, is it a good thing or is it a bad thing? Like Starbucks, because we've talked, we had this conversation because they have to service so many people. Um, they can't have really high quality, 
you know, they need small batch coffee. They have to focus on consistency, so they have to sacrifice a little bit of quality. Um, and the the general person wouldn't know the difference. They'd say, "Ah, this coffee tastes like coffee." But somebody with a, a palate who knows coffee and is looking for good flavor. Um, you know, you want it to be all over the place. You want to have four options on your way home to grab that cup of coffee. But if it was that way, there'd be no way to sustain growing that really good coffee all over the world, you know? So Mm -hmm. you kind of have to appreciate it for what it is, you know, um, that specialty small batch craft coffee is just that it's going to be small, kind of expensive. You'll have one shop that you have to drive across town to go to, mm-hmm. but that's why it's worth it. You have know. you ever, uh, do you, are you familiar with Harar uh, coffee? It's uh, out of a, mm-hmm. maybe that's a region in Ethiopia or something. Remember oh, that? Okay. We got some bags uh-huh. of that when we were, did the Starbucks uh-huh. uh, thing way many years ago. Yeah. It, uh, when you open it up, it smells like blueberries. Mm, yes. And naturally smells like blueberries. Not yes. because they added a flavor. No, yes. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. And th- that's the thing I love about coffee is like, you know, it's it's like wine in a way, um, although with wine, there's so much processing that has to happen with, with coffee, not even as much. You just take that raw bean after it gets cooked in the sun and you, you, you roast it a little bit and then you crush it up and you make water, you know, mm-hmm. that's it. With wine, there's the fermentation process and, you yeah. know, how they barrel it and how long it ages. And so there's so much more there to get those flavors. But for coffee, I mean, that's the thing is like, you know, you can have a really awesome coffee you know bean that tastes like blueberries or tastes like chocolate or whatever yeah. it, it is you know and that's the natural flavor of that thing and yeah. i think that's amazing i think that's yeah. so cool that it can come in so many varieties and have such distinct you know unique flavors um, that's what makes coffee really fun for me is like when i get a new bag and i and i go and i have that cup and i, I taste the difference and i go whoa okay that's way yeah. different than what i've been drinking i think i'm almost getting to this you know and i'm not like a wine guy where i'm like mm, i taste pear you know like <laughs> it's not like that for me but but i do really appreciate and i take the time and and i keep every new bag of coffee so i can kind of go back and say yeah look i've tried some from ethiopia i've tried mm-hmm. some from guatemala and whatever and the different roasteries and things like that um, and they usually do a good job at listing flavors on the bag and how it was processed so you can kind of compare but that's something I really enjoy is like if I get a new bag of coffee, um, I have my regular that I tend to buy, but there are times when I'm like, crap, I didn't go to Harbinger and I'm going to go to, you know, a place like Dark Heart in Loveland where they, they don't roast their own coffee. But what they do is they bring in, you know, they feature different, different roasters uh, every couple of weeks. They'll bring in new bags and you can buy some. And so I get that new bag grind it and i and i really try and appreciate the difference mm-hmm. in what i was from what i was drinking yeah. before i've and, got a question for you yeah to stop yeah dead in your tracks no. now I, I like french press a lot mm-hmm. now i've heard about the arrow press mm. but i've never tried it is there much of a difference in taste i've never tried a french press or an arrow press wow suck on that social media go ahead he's not a real coffee guy <laughs> no i'm not i just like coffee uh, <laughs> so I, I French press most of the time at home. I'm looking at getting an You tried to French press. press me once, and so. I was like, no. <laughs> it actually worked out really well. Um, <laughs> but, um, yeah, I, I, I'm going to get my hands on an AeroPress. They seem what, pretty cool. Uh, uh, for the ignorant uh, in the audience, what, what is AeroPress? I think it's, it's – um, so French press – is is basically you you know you you 
you pour you put your ground beans um, in in this cylinder and you you pour hot water in and then the French press is like a filter yeah. and it presses down so that you're not drinking cowboy right. coffee. Mm -hmm. Right. I think the difference with the AeroPress is there's pressure. It's pressurized. You know, because there's this big cylinder tube and you're actually kind of, almost kind of like an espresso machine does yeah. where it's forcing pressure through, hmm. you is know, it, so you're, it's a different extraction process. Thing? But it's like, uh, yeah, it's like a workout. Yeah, no electricity <coughs> needed. Yeah, it's, it's, it's like a, it's like a plunger in, a, in yeah. a syringe, right? Yeah. yeah. And that's basically the thing. And that is the difference, absolutely. Hmm. It's like, one, it's almost like it's bloomed, you know, yes. so it, it soaks the water in and then, and then, yeah, you filter out the grounds. So that's probably going to have a much more like, um, uh, like wide, uh, well, but you softer, less soft. distinct. Yeah, exactly. But, but you're keeping like, those. Uh, you're keeping those grinds in the bottom through the. You're not supposed to. So the way with no. French press, you're supposed to brew it. You 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 it you steep, pour hot water sit. in. Mm -hmm. You let it bloom for 30 seconds, which basically gets rid of the carbon dioxide that's sitting in the beans. Yeah. And then you pour, you know, so you just pour a little bit in, almost similar to pour over, and then you pour the rest of the water in, and then you filter it, and it's about a three-minute brew process. You're supposed to pour it then into a glass carafe and get it to out of there. be done with it. I don't. I just let it sit there as yeah. I drink, as I pull off of it for an hour or so. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So AeroPress, you put it on top of your cup. Mm -hmm. And it's one cup at a time, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and you know you you it's similar process. You still do the bloom. You pour the water in, and then you push the thing down. Well, that sounds and like that's in your uh, coffee. just waiting for the well to, to come crashing. That's off what the I wonder. Yeah. Well, yeah. That's what I wonder. About. I don't think it's. I don't think you have to press as hard as they. You it might looks think. okay. Yeah. yeah. There's that uh, component of it, and then the other, uh, you know, thing is like it's that option for people who, I mean, they want to take that kind of brewing method anywhere they go. Anywhere they go. Anywhere yep. they go. So you can yeah. literally walk I down to the conference buffet where all they have is hotel coffee and mm. go to that hot water pitcher. Yeah. Get that ready, and then go back to your room and make yourself a really nice, almost espresso type type well, brew. So, sometimes mm. I like the taste of a French press cup of coffee more than my espresso machine totally it's different yeah, it's, it's different. different it's different, it's different. Yeah. it's different yeah and that's the thing you know a milky thick strong drink is not always and it depends on i mean that's the other thing too is like that's why they have an espresso blend a lot of mm. roasters will say this is our espresso blend because they say this flavor these flavors are, are real they, they taste really good they come out really good when you extract it for espresso this coffee over here is probably going to taste a little strong if you do it as espresso, but if you do it as pour over, it's going to be fragrant and beautiful. And, uh -huh. You know, mm -hmm. so they, they make different coffees for different brewing methods. You could make any coffee, you can make espresso with any coffee, but some of them, you know, the different flavors, regions, and things like that, you can actually kind of start to target the brewing method and say this would be really good for pour over or French press or whatever. Yeah, so there's coffee. I want to get another cup of coffee. Heck yeah! I know, man. man. I feel like time. we're running, we're running low on coffee. <laughs> yeah, the thing I found that I'm, I'm tempted to buy is this uh, hand grinder. Because I'm, I'm right trying to decide: do I invest in an espresso machine, which feels like a uh, kind of a quite a luxury in my life as Do I'm trying it. to send kids to college and oh, all of those kind Ouch. of things, right? Yeah. Um, 
and <laughs> and I also like to camp a lot, and so I'm I'm kind of on this fence of do I invest in espresso machine or do I invest in a really good hand grinder and an AeroPress that I can take anywhere with me? I would go that route. And so I found I probably eventually I want both, right? You're right. You're um, right yeah. But I found this fantastic what appears to be this fantastic hand grinder. It's called a Commandante, um, and it's out of Germany. Um, the friggin' thing is $250 for what looks like a little pepper mill kind of <laughs> grinder thing. Um, but I'm also a firm believer in buying things once, buying them for life, and buying high quality things that are handcrafted. Ideally in the United States when I can, um, but in this case I'm, I'm kind of looking at this $250 hand grinder to see if maybe that'll, that'll work for me. Um, and that used to be the only way they did it, man. Yeah. It was, these, it was hand grinders. That's one college textbook. Yeah, I know, right? Yeah, see, so it's like, Daphne, you don't need it's a okay. textbook It's okay, just keep pushing physics. your kids towards the arts, and, and, and literally, you don't even have to go to college. Yeah, here's a camera. That, so. Go out and make some money. Yeah, right, come on. You don't need, to go, to, you don't need to go to college. <laughs> or just become baristas, and then I can get free stuff. Yeah, there you God, go. God, that's the, that's the approach. Yeah. Cool, man. Let's talk geeky tech shit. So this week, we're going to talk about... Um, Used gear. Mm. How do we feel about used gear? Love I got it. a story. You got a story? You, yeah. yeah. Tell us your story. So this is the one we all fall prey to. All right. So we're out there. We we're, we need something for our production, you know, whether it be camera, audio, whatever it is. Uh, you know how much the thing costs. Mm -hmm. All right. Say it costs 300 bucks. Then you find something in there. They got it for like 50 bucks, you know, and it's used or whatever, you know, might be the case. So you're like going... Well, I mean, these things are indestructible. How could, you know, so, so if it's used, I'll buy it. But it's like, it's, it's too good, you know, it's too good to be true. And you yeah. know it's too good to be true. But it's like, you know, you're caught in the spider's web. You know, you're just like going, oh, but I, I you know, I mean, look, I, you convinced yourself. I, could, I only have to spend this much <laughs> and I get a $300 thing, you know? I mean, yeah. come on. I'd, I'd be crazy not to buy this thing. So you buy it. And it doesn't work. And I just did that with the, the new camera. I bought a CF or a CFast card. Oh, Ooh, never okay. with media. Yeah. Never with media. Oh. And it was a brand new Lexar for professional, you know, top of the line, everything. And it was like a fraction of the price, you know, and the guy had sold a few of them. And I was thinking, well, it's freaking brand new. You know, what it's could go wrong? It's solid state. It's solid state. How could you break them, whatever? Get it. Try to insert it into my CFast card slot on my camera. It doesn't go in. Uh. I'm going... That's weird. It's a CFast card. It says right on it, Lexar Professional. And you're trying to be super careful because you don't want to bend a pin or something like Anything. that in the new camera, right? So I'm playing around with it, trying to figure it out. Finally, I call Canon, you know, and Canon, I'm on the phone with them for quite a while. And uh, the guy was great because he finally figured it out. He goes, okay, Chris, tell me, what if you turn this thing up and look at the end, what do you see? I see these pen slots. That's not a CFast card. That's a uh, compact flash card. CF card, not a yeah. CFast. Yeah, it's uh, and that will not work in this camera. And I'm oh like going, gosh. but it says on it, Lexar Professional is brand new right out of the box. Where did you buy it? On eBay. You bought a, a forgery, a counterfeit. Yeah. They're, they packaged this thing up. They knew people would just snap them up like that. And you got caught in the snap up, you know? Uh, I've heard about that. Forgery. Yeah. So that just happened today. And I just thought, what? who would be foolish enough to have fall for that? <laughs> yeah, that's one thing I don't mess with is uh, in this digital age is media. Yeah. You know, mm. tripods, lights, 
and lenses. Cameras. That's it. Make and rub it in, baby. Let me hand here just media. some salt. Pour it on. <laughs> media and hard. Get the spigot out. Roast this guy. Come on. But yeah. I did call the guy. I mean, I uh, sent the guy a note and said, "Hey, dude, butthole, you're selling a forgery here. This isn't even a C fast card." Good for card. you. Good for you. Yeah. And also, did he you know, respond? he responded immediately, refunded the money immediately, and said, "You don't need to send the card back." You know, because he's, he's like, he's, to get away with he's it. dealing these things. You Absolutely. Know? So yeah. as soon as now, I, now with the negative review, hopefully he's going to yeah. get a negative review yeah. as soon as I get my money but back. But that's what he's hoping. Yeah, exactly. Yep, yep, yep. But you could use that in your uh, one of your still cameras. I know, but it's an expensive (laughs) (laughs) compact flash card. What about lenses? Yeah, you'd buy buy a used lens? All the time. But the newer newer autofocus lenses are different than older manual focus or city lens. No, I well, buy a and then lens. there's the debate of do you buy you know like old glass a cheaper be- lens uh, you know because like if you have a Sony A7 III that's got like Who the high, hell would do that? Don't be thinking now. about it. Would be you know what I mean? And then you get like a Sigma lens. Sigma's people not say, out of the park now. People say like you know well the autofocus isn't quite as fast as on the native lenses. <laughs> do you guys think that's true, or do you think it's so minuscule you wouldn't know the difference? I do. I'm a. I'm a. If I've got a Nikon, I'm gonna have Nikon glass on it. If I've got a Fuji, I'm gonna have Fuji glass on it. I don't like especially this. Like I'm gonna mount my Canon glass on my Nikon body. Like why? Right. So well, I'm. But a, it I'm depends a how into autofocus and is that feature super important? If not, mm-hmm. boy, there's some glass out there that even old glass that's just. I'm a believer in. Not, you know, critically, you know, surgeon, scalpel, sharp glass. You know, I like Who wants a sharp image? I, I, I like... Glass Who has wants character. a sharp image? Okay. Yeah, really. What Come gives, on. What gives, yeah, some focus? No. what gives some focus. character for you? Like, is it the color? Is it just the way the oh, image some, comes Some in, lenses like... you'll photograph a person and they look more three-dimensional than other lenses. Interesting. Some lenses are warmer. Canon lenses are inherently not just their color science of their cameras, but their lenses are warmer. A Zeiss lens is going to be cooler. Um, their coatings, Sony all lens. kinds of things. Do you guys, the, the bokeh and the lenses is totally different. Do you guys think that um, uh, the shutter count is like equivalent to mileage on a car? Like if if you were buying a used body yeah, and it had a fairly high shutter, yeah. shutter count? I mean, I think it's, it's a matter of degree. For a mechanical shutter, yeah. Yeah, I mean, if if, if you look at it it's got you know one million you know yeah. shutters well but, different you know. <laughs> cameras are rated for different cycles that's huh. true interesting you know, and, okay. uh, and very a Nikon you know at D5 is going to be rated at you know I don't know Half how many million. hundred thousand yeah. cycles where uh, their cheap consumer camera is going to be a fraction 50, of 50,000 or something yeah huh. but who's had a shutter fail Right. There's no no of anybody one. you know it's those cameras last for so flipping long yeah yeah you know and then now it's the mirrorless craze, and there is no shutter. Mirrorless, yeah, it's the way. Get rid of the shutter. Right. I don't know. I'm still shutter fan. Yeah. yeah. I'm, I'm I'll let you guys know when I get, if I, like I my get shutter. my I don't Sony like A7 III. I don't either. Oh, my God. I love them. Drives me insane. I you get so much more information. Not... You can tell focus. You can tell exposure. Oh, my God. Yeah. I know. It's hard because no. when you... I, I like I think it's live. a getting used to thing. I like I, it's a getting used to through. thing. That's why we have, two, that's yeah. why we have two eyes. It, yes. it takes more getting used to looking at a know. digital image so than <laughs> actually looking through the, the lens, you know what yeah. I mean? Uh, to me, that took some getting used to. Um, but Yeah. So know. so used. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I think yeah. you could... I've had you could good luck buying a ton of used gear over the years. And every once in a while, you can... I don't like eBay like I used to a long time ago, but you can score some great deals. Yeah. I got a, let's see, it was probably a 
$6,000 tripod and head, video head, tripod for, uh, it was right around 600 bucks. Wow. Wow. And I think it's because they spelled it wrong. That's Nobody bid on of, it. That's the kind of stuff I would totally buy. <laughs> so you made, made like, an offer? And yeah, I got an O'Connor head. And lights sticks. and yeah. tripods. Nice. And, and they didn't have a reserve on it. Stuff, wow. You know, rather Should've than the actual right. camera itself. <laughs> yeah. Everybody you know? spells O'Connor. A lot of people spell it wrong. Yeah. That's I've never had one of those lucky deals. And other stuff, it's just cheaper left or right. Just fade left if you want to Or fade right if you want to hear Choose. Yeah. Yeah, it's it's like a choose your own adventure podcast. Yeah. We should try. That's a really good idea. There you go. That's a really right? good idea. Yeah. You know, just how you adventure podcast. Okay. And if you mix it straight in the middle, they actually make sense to, <laughs> to somebody. <laughs> That'd be crazy. Yeah, I've always been a huge fan of refurbished, especially buying stuff from Apple. You know, I will gladly I buy agree. a refurbished MacBook Pro over, you know, because you can save, you know, 15 to 25%. Um, the I think it's more reliable because they went through it. They've before. actually, I, a person has verified that it, it works, um, and they're yeah. guaranteeing it. Not, like not it, just offline. So yeah, I agree. Total, and same warranty and all that. Um, the, the hack, and I don't know if this is still true because it's been a while since I've had to buy my own stuff, um, but that if you get on Apple's refurbished site, that that site refreshes every morning, mm -hmm. and they sell out a lot of the stuff during the day. So if you're looking for something, get on there first thing in the morning, hmm. and, and that's when you can when you can snag some pretty good stuff. So definitely a fan of uh, refurbished stuff. So yeah, used used gears. I don't, I don't know What's about... What's something you would never buy used? That should be the question. Underwear. Well, that's a good one. Yeah. Uh, really? <laughs> Wait, why not? Uh, if it's already Grande's, then uh, no, just kidding. It's already stretched out and, and nice and soft and, and broken in. Broken in. And would you buy a used barista machine coffee maker? Uh, yeah, I would. Um, How about guitar? It depends. So, like, here's the thing. Certain countries have a lot more mineral deposits in their water, and the biggest thing about those coffee machines is the calcification. Calcific yeah, am I saying that right? Calcification? Yeah, you're very good. Very so close. that's the thing is, like, if you bought one of these things from Europe and you're like, oh, my God, it's like 800 bucks, you know? there's a good chance or there could be potential depending on how old the machine is that it's having some issues because of calcification and you can go in and um you can flush it with this stuff that's supposed to like help break up those mineral deposits and clean it out but if you don't clean it out like a hundred or you do that wrong you can completely ruin the machine so i mean i would buy one if it was in the states it wasn't that old you know a lot of people buy expensive machines and then you know they don't use them or whatever right. like i'm sure the mavam or whatever at uh -huh. Dark yeah, I wonder what happened to that. Either they, either they brought it home and they're using it there because yeah. they're not, you know what I mean? I mean, they probably owned it, but um, yeah, I would. I think I would. But that would be my, my thing to look for, would be where to come from, how old is it? I wouldn't be surprised even within the States if you'd have that calcification issue in certain places. You may. That's why I use filter deposits. water. So, like, you can't use, a, you can't use um, uh, what, what is it called? Um the water that has nothing distilled, distilled. distilled because yeah. the sensor, at least in my machine, the sensor that's in the water tank that tells you when it needs more water, the way it does that is it runs an electrical charge up uh, through and it react. It senses the minerals like the, in the water. So if you use distilled water, it's like there's nothing no here. Minerals, it'll say you need water even if it's full. Uh, wow. But I do tend to filter my water from the pit. You know, I have a Brita or whatever. I fill that up, oh. dump it in I the machine. I thought you would have had like the full-on water line with filtration hooked no, up to the machine. No, the, 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 my machine, you'd have to <laughs> actually manually do that. You'd ha you can do it. It doesn't come with like the ports and the things to do that automatically. That's like the level up, which I couldn't afford. 
Um, but uh, yeah, and, and, and I'll tell you, the, there's nothing more frustrating than it being like 6.30 in the morning and you go to pull that shot and right as it starts to and everything's dripping down, that light starts to flash. You completely wasted that that shot of you know coffee and you have to, it's just a nightmare. And if it but, runs, it's bad on the pumps because they need... Well, it'll sh- my, mine. It'll shut off. Like it, it, it knows when the tank is empty. The reservoir is not. It's still full. It would still pull water through, but it um, it'll, it shuts off the pump, and then it tells you it needs more water. But that's the problem. So people have to use water with minerals in it. But if you use filtered water, I mean, you should be able to go yeah. 10, 15 years without having any problem. And mm-hmm. so I would buy it. We but covered it, a coffee conversation. I did. <laughs> well, we already yeah. had that, didn't we? <laughs> yeah, this has been this has been more coffee, coffee talk episode. than. Uh, but than is there any anything gear wise that you guys would not buy used? Media. <laughs> <laughs> Why? Man, what can go wrong? <laughs> You're killing me here, man. Definitely, definitely not media. Especially CF cards. I don't know. I mean, cameras are a little different now. I don't know that I would buy a camera used anymore. Yeah, that's that's that definitely is. Um, you're putting a lot of faith in the core piece of gear that you're going to. Um, batteries. Ooh. Right. Yeah, no, no need probably. to. Yeah. But you don't. Who knows how many charge and discharge cycles? Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Well, I don't know. You know, it's like because the batteries on the C200 are fucking expensive. I mean, they're like insanely expensive. I don't know what's going on. Good company. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, cameras probably one to buy new. Yeah. Because the other thing is you don't know how well that person took care of it. Did they get sand in the sensor? You know, I mean, stuff like that that could be. I always think about that when I ship, you know, or even just take my cameras around, like how sensitive of a piece of equipment it really is and how much it requires on precision mm-hmm. you know just the distance between the sensor and the back of the glass and the glass and all the elements in there that you know and you think about how much they get banged around and, and, well, and, stuff. and the stuff that you should buy used light stands grip equipment mm-hmm. uh, yeah absolutely. yeah well said especially yeah. good stuff yeah right. for yeah. sure right. for sure yeah here's what you know how pretty it is yeah, yeah it doesn't matter if that as long as it's good quality stuff Save money. Well, and that's the thing. You could probably get better quality, a better quality piece of equipment for cheaper than a cheap piece of new equipment. You know what I mean? In some cases today. Big believer of that, especially in tripods. Yeah, that's a good call. Yeah, for sure. For sure. We heard it from the photographers themselves, ladies and gentlemen. Yeah, buy buy used, buy often. (laughs) Spend all the money you make. Spend everything you can. (laughs) Well, listen, let's wrap this up. Speaking of quality used things, <laughs> we're not improving we with age. Time. <laughs> We've used all of our time and we're used. <laughs> exactly. Uh, gentlemen, it's always a pleasure to sit down with you guys and talk about our craft and drink some coffee and talk a little shit. We didn't have very much shit talk this time. Well, the card thing. I mean, <laughs> yeah. come on. Um, Ouch. <laughs> for those of you brave enough to listen to this podcast, please make sure you subscribe on iTunes or wherever you get your podcasts. Share it with your friends and colleagues and also... If you can, give us a little love on iTunes by rating and leaving feedback for this podcast. And lastly, go out and make something. On the next episode, we're going to talk about I don't know what. So it'll be a surprise. Cheers. Filmmakers and photographers.